Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Amen. 
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The scriptures tell us that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Merciful God, we confess that we are admonished to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will, and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake, forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
first reading comes from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, found on page 302 on, in your pew Bible. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord, your God, at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see the great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of the other gods, must be put to death. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-13, through 13, and can be found on page 1780. Now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and from whom all live. All with all we live. And there is but one God, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that they eat such food that they think of as, being, as having been sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat. We are no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have the knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother for whom Christ died is and is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Here ends the readings.
the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning of the 21st verse. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God we have a beautiful sunny day, and thank God that yesterday was also a beautiful sunny day, especially after all the storms we've had, both snowstorms and rainstorms. By the way, um, in, case, in case any of you have been wondering, since I've had a couple people ask me already, as far as I know, my parents are safe in Southern California, despite the, um, despite the near-apocalyptic uh, rainstorms that, that the news seems to be predicting. My parents are, are on a hill, so they're relatively safe from the floods. As a matter of fact, my mom sent me a couple really impressive pictures after one, after one of the storms, which I'm going to post, um, which I'm, or, or rather, which I'm going to have on a slideshow during next week's sermon. Well, because it actually fits. Want to find out how? Come next week. You'll see how. But at any rate, one one unfortunate thing that frequently happens during during uh, during snow and rainstorms is we get power outages. Power outages, of course, means we lose all power. Now, in a way. You could say that we as a family of God, not just our church family, not just our particular church, but churches all over the world and all over the country have had to weather a storm that has caused us, in a way, to lose power. That has been the pandemic and all its effects. The pandemic really caused us to lose quite a bit of power and lose quite a bit of momentum because of everything that happened. Also, it did another thing to our power supply. What happens, for those of you who, for those of you who have smartphones, what happens when you have too many apps open on your smartphone at once? It drains the battery, right. And we had a lot going on that were draining our batteries. A lot of things which we were worried about and, are, and were frustrated about. But here's the good news. Even while all that was going on, God still kept us powered. God still kept us powered and plugged into Him. God still sustained us by His power. He did not let us drain completely out. And He did not let us die off. So we are here because of God's power. And more specifically, we are here because of the power of Jesus. And it's time for us, once again, to turn the full power back on, to turn our full power back on and plug into Jesus, to give control over to Jesus again, 
to let him take charge of everything and charge us back up again. It's time for us to turn all of our cares, all of our worries, everything which has been draining us over to Jesus and let him recharge and renew us again. Because we are called not just to exist. We are called not just to turn on, so to speak. But we are called, just like a vehicle, to go somewhere. We're not called just to sit there standing idle, leaving our engines running. But we are actually called to slam on the gas and get out there. That's why the sermon series for this month is time to go. Because it's time for us to get fired up and recharged for our true mission and our true calling again. And part of our true calling, as we talked about the last couple weeks, is we are given the power of prophecy. <coughs> now what is prophecy? And again, as we talked about the last couple weeks, prophecy is actually not just predicting the future. Nor is prophecy necessarily just looking at signs and trying to interpret either what's happening or what's going to happen. But instead, prophecy is speaking, is speaking the very words of God. Indeed, as Moses promises in today's first reading from Deuteronomy, which Jason read for us just a few moments ago, God promised that he would raise up a prophet just like Moses from among the Jewish people. And that's exactly what he did. He raised up Jesus. Jesus who not only was a prophet, but who, but who was God himself. God come in the flesh. God come down to earth as a man. Not just somebody representing God, but God himself speaking the very words of God. And so, what, what, God, prom what God promises through Moses is, I will put words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He spoke the words from, him, from his father, spoke the, word, spoke the words from his father, and, pro and proclaimed God's love for us and for all people. He came to proclaim God's love, God's care, God's, God's sustaining for all people. And once again, we are recipients of Jesus' promise of his prophetic word. That he kept us going, even when everything else seemed hopeless, even with, when all the other odds seemed to turn against us, Jesus still kept us going by his power. And we are also given this prophetic power. We have to be careful, though. We have to make clear, there is only one true prophet nowadays. In modern times, there is only one person who we can really call a prophet. And that is Jesus himself. Only Jesus can speak words directly from God because he is God. And only Jesus has the authority to speak, to speak as God. Only Jesus has the power to create. And only Jesus has the power to judge. Only Jesus has the power to be able to speak prophetically. But at the same time, he also gives us his Holy Spirit to, to speak on his behalf. But again, the words we speak are the words, are only the words he gives us to speak, 
the words which are found in the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. It is still, as it says elsewhere, living and active today. The Bible is not just a book. It is not just a piece of literature. But it is the very Word of God, spoken from the breath of God, and which, he's, and, and which by the breath and by the power of God, He still speaks to us, and still speaks to all the rest of the world. And so the prophetic word we speak is the word of God. And once again, what we speak are the promises of God. God's promise to be there, to love, care for, and sustain all people, especially in trouble. We are called to speak prophetic words of hope. <laughs> Hope which we read in both the Old and the New Testaments, where God once again, time and time again, has intervened, has come, has come right, yet has come right into the midst of everything else that's been going on, even right into the midst of everything that's impossible, to take charge, take control, and turn things around. And that's exactly also what the gospel is. We are called to speak with the power of the gospel. And what is the gospel? It is the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus did not die and rise again, but he did so for a reason. He did so to free, forgive, cleanse, change, and transform. And we have the calling to tell other people good news. Jesus loved you so much that he died and rose again for you. And it is by his sacrifice, by his power, that you can have a new life. You can have a change in your life. You can start over. You can begin afresh. You also can know God is with you because Jesus came to be with you and, he, and because he lives, he is still with you now. That's the gospel. We can tell people. Also, the good news, the gospel, is that anyone can have a personal relationship with Jesus and be saved. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you believe in Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have a relationship with Jesus, and therefore, you are saved. Period. That's all that matters. We do have the authority to speak, to, to speak on behalf of Jesus. And the definition of authority in this case is to Jesus giving us permission to speak and act for him, to be empowered by the, that is, by the power of Jesus, to do something for to do something for someone. So they know Jesus has acted upon them. So they know Jesus has done something for them. And this is great power indeed. And I'm sure many of us can think of times when we have, when we have been able to speak a word or do something for someone which has, which has made even a small change but, have, but, but has still made a big difference. And we realized afterwards that was the power of God working through me. That was the power of Jesus causing me to do that. 
As I've said during the last couple weeks, what we feed, what we feed people with when they, when they come here is the power of Jesus. If somebody needs a change, if somebody needs, if somebody needs a word of comfort, if somebody needs just some kind of encouragement, we can give that to them because that is the power of Jesus. However, as Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Spider-Man, and a bunch of other people said, great power involves great responsibility. We do have power, but we are still called to use our power wisely. Paul especially encourages us to think about this in our second reading in 1 Corinthians. Now, one thing in mind to keep about, or, or one thing to, to keep in mind about Paul is that many of his letters are written to a specific people in a specific place at a certain time to address certain problems. So not everything Paul says necessarily is meant to be taken as a literal situation going on now going on nowadays for us for us to deal with. Like, for example, we do not have to worry so much nowadays about, about meat being sacrificed to idols. However, what Paul encourages us to think about is still true, because it is not so, it, it is not so much us avoiding unclean things, but instead, it is people know we are Christians, people know we follow Jesus, and so, in a way, we are expected to treat other people a certain way. And how we treat other people can either be a help or a hindrance to people following Jesus. In other words, how we treat, how we act towards other people can either be a help or it can be a stumbling block. It can draw people to Jesus or it can push people away from Jesus. So that is how we are to be examining ourselves, as Paul urges us. Look, look and see, is how I speak, is how I act towards somebody, does it really reflect how my faith in Jesus and how I believe Jesus is? Even if it's someone I really can't stand, I really don't want to talk to, I really don't want to deal with, how I act towards that person still is a demonstration of how Jesus treats me and how he wants me to treat other people. So again, with this power, the power of Jesus, comes the call to use it responsibly to reflect the nature of Jesus. And in just a few moments, we will be receiving communion. And in communion, we will be receiving the very real and spiritual power of Jesus by receiving the power of the gospel, by being reminded of what Jesus did, and as we remember, as we remember what Jesus did, we will also be receiving his true body and blood. And in that way, by receiving his body and blood and receiving his power, being empowered to go with the authority of Jesus, to preach the gospel. So now it's time to plug back in the power of Jesus, to get recharged and get fired up to go change lives for Jesus. Let's get the power again 
the power of Jesus. And let's take our power back. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Oh God, winter is here. Again, you show us how beautiful change can be. You provide shelter in storms. However, the cold air brings forth other struggles. Bring warmth to those who do not have a home or animals needing your protection. Keep us safe as we drive to our daily commitments and let us feel your arms wrapped around us in your love. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, as many face struggles and hardships right now, please let them feel your light. So many of us know, or may know, or are ourselves facing times of anxiety, depression, addiction, grief, physical ailments, and medical struggles, that we may feel discouraged and hopeless. Please help us to accept our brokenness and embrace life for what you have given us today. We are strong because you are strong enough. We are brave enough because you are brave enough. We are enough for all that is, because you always are. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Holy One, there is evil, hatred, and negativity working in this world. Help us to overcome the fear it creates. Help our leaders to make wise choices that benefit your people. Let us pray for God's people throughout the world and for all who minister in Christ's name. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Lord, you gave us Jesus, who was a friend to all. He was constantly interrupted or asked to perform a miracle, and no matter how he felt, he did what was asked. He humbled himself and became one of us, where he shows emotion and encouragement. Give us the courage to show our vulnerabilities, encourage others, show service when needed, and take time to be a friend like Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Father, you are our creator, our redeemer, the Lord, and I yield to you and I worship you. Thank you for your kindness, mercy, and grace. Please shepherd me through this day and continue to show the same blessing to others. Lord, in your mercy. Oh Lord, thank you for modeling a consistent prayer life. Allow your daily bread to soak into our spirits. Teach me the discipline of daily time with you. Let me take a moment now to reflect and pray silently for those that are on my heart. Fill my heart with your trust that will carry me through hard seasons. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Father, I want to be a vessel that honors you in my words, my works, and in my daily walk, the way you intended for me to. The phrase, more of you, less of me, applies here. Fill my heart with your truth and love. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting your mercy to your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you.
Merciful Father, we offer the joy and thanksgiving when you have first given us ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Signs of your gracious love, receive them for the sake of them and of your blood for us. Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
Please stand for our post-communion liturgy. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen us all and keep us in His grace. Amen. to the weekly word please visit your favorite podcast provider may god bless you now and always